0: Welcome back to another podcast episode. This is a little bit different. It's called Business Breakfast and Bedhead. I actually do these live calls on Instagram weekday mornings at 8 a.m. ish. That's 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. So if you're Pacific, 7 a.m. If you're Eastern, 10 a.m., I would love for you to come live and hang out with me at them. But, you know, it's always 8 a.m. ish because, you know, your girl's got to sleep sometimes. And I was getting so much feedback from everyone that they loved it, but sometimes they missed it and it'd be nice to listen to it that, I mean, why don't I put it here on the podcast? So if you don't already follow me over on Instagram at DawnBradleyHair, D-A-W-N-B-R-A-D-L-E-Y-H-A-I-R, I should have made a song about that. Go follow me there because then you can take part in these live calls and actually correspond, correspond, like it's like writing a letter old fashioned. You can actually Chat with me there and be live on these. But if you can't make them, no sweat. Now they're going to be here. So welcome to Business Breakfast and Bedhead. Buckle up, friend, and let's dive in. How to create financial stability in the beauty industry. If you're someone who's not a numbers person, you don't like looking at your finances, you're, yeah, you want to make more money, but like that side of things stresses you out. Well, good. I'm glad you're here because you're in the right place this morning. I'm just going to get my light set up here. I'm live over on YouTube as well. If you guys want to go check me out there at Don Bradley Hair. But good morning and welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. We're going to have so much fun together. So I actually missed yesterday's morning live. It was a bit of a day and I had to call it. But welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. If you can't follow, stay for this whole time, don't worry. We've been putting these these episodes over on the podcast, The Anxious Creative. So hi, Angelina. So you can catch the anxious creative podcast six days a week now we've got official episodes every monday and then these lives are over on there as well so one thing that i do do is i don't want to be someone talking at on a screen at you i want to be talking with you this morning and so i'm on youtube as well i've got here and i've got there but i want you guys to go ahead and see your name where you're tuning in from pop that in the comments because i want to make sure that this is a safe space where we can learn and grow together that light is driving me nuts there and that you guys get to know each other in here. So go ahead and put your name and where you're tuning in from. And then we're going to jump into this because as people who are not numbers, people who people who are like, we didn't go into business because I want to be a business person. We went to business because we love what we do and we love the clients that we see. But we realize that we're not being the smartest, most financially stable people. And we want to create financial stability. We want to be able to retire. We want to be able to live a life that we love and we're sick of people treating our industry like a secondhand industry that we don't aren't deserving. Has anyone ever experienced that like a client or someone family member or someone outside the industry being like, that's really cute or like putting this pretense of like we can't be successful and then we live within that box. And so we're going to talk about around financial stability today. We're going to talk a little bit about how to make more money, how to be better with our money and how to actually realize that we are holding ourselves back with a little bit of these labels that we put in. So we're gonna to touch on mindset. We're gonna to have to touch on practical things. We're gonna dive into it so good this morning. So I wanna say hello to you guys. Hi, Rachel. Hello, Roots Organic Studio. Hi, Angelina. We got Ashley from Oklahoma, Gemma from Milwaukee, Nicole from Chicago. I love it. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Awesome. Yeah, it's like a hobby or oh, you do hair, right? It's so freaking frustrating. So before we get into it, money is one of those things that's a very touchy subject. And we want to be able to show up with kindness, compassion, empathy, showing that our, everyone in here that we're on different, journey, we're different journeys, different places in our journey. So I want us to be able to show up real, raw, honest, and vulnerable, which means I want this to be a place that is a judgment-free zone. Hi, Blaine from Las Vegas. So if you guys can commit to kicking that inner mean girl to the curb, which means that voice that tells you you're not a math, you can't, you shouldn't, you won't, that judgy voice that judges yourself, kick it to the curb but also show everyone else in this room that you're a safe person to be around. Can you put a yes in the comments? Even you guys on YouTube, put a yes in the comments while you're watching this to show everyone else in the room that you are a safe person to be around. Because then if we can create, we're live on the internet, but if we can show everyone that this is a safe space to learn and grow, that we can show up real, real, raw, honest, and vulnerable. And when we show up real and honest and raw and vulnerable, we learn more, we grow more, and we're willing to see things as they are. And when we can be actually honest with ourselves about our circumstances, then we're able to grow so much faster. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. So many yeses. Yes. Okay. So financial stability. First of all, I want you guys to write in the comments, or if you've got a question, there's a question marks down here. Hi, Erin from Philly. Uh, If you guys have questions or any questions that you have around like creating financial stability, please put it in the question box. Here's the thing. You guys guide this conversation. I come here to help you. And like I said, I don't want to be someone talking on the screen at you. And I know a lot of us are introverted and anxious. Me too. I know it doesn't come across that way, but it totally I totally am. But put your questions in the question box down there on Instagram or if you're on YouTube, go ahead and put it in the comments on YouTube. But I want to know where you guys are at with finances. What do you what do you think holds you back? What do you what do you need more of? How do you need my help? Because Here's the thing. And I'm going to start talking because the comments are always a bit lagged, but I want you guys to put in the comments, like, where are you at when it comes to like, what is it that you actually want? Do you want more money? Do you want to know how to get better with managing your money? Or do you seem like you just like can't get? When you guys tell me that then I like I thrive off of you and I'll go from there. But I'm going to start with I read the book. You are a badass at making money by Jen Sincero like 10 years ago. And it changed my world because I realized that I had this. It stresses me out what is it? Is it making money that stresses you out or just like the thought of looking at your money? But I realized that I had this idea because she makes you go through these exercises about like, what is it? What is enough money? And what is the point where we where you think it's shameful to have money? And her example was like, we like really admire people who do well in their life. But the person who buys a private jet, we're like, come on, come on, really? Is that necessary? And why? And just to kind of I want you guys to like zoom out and be able to create some perspective in your life. And I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't like have those feelings. But why is it that there is a certain level of income that someone creates that we start to think it's too much? Or like I see all these like Facebook comments and stuff about how if the, the billionaires could end world hunger. Right. But realizing this is I mean, I know we're going I'm going to might step on some toes. But like, what am I doing today? What are you doing today that could help end world hunger? Because if you've got a roof over your head and you can feed yourself, then we, you and I have the ability to help people as well. And it's so easy to pass the buck to be like, the people who have more than me should be doing more. But we have this mindset around money, right? Looking at it, better at managing my money. OK, OK, better at managing. OK, managing money. OK, this is where we're going to take this then today. But I want you guys to really start thinking about a lot of times because when, when it comes to managing our money. Or being deserving or becoming a six-figure hairstylist or a six-figure beauty business owner. Do you believe you deserve it? That's what I want to ask you as I'm put in the comments yes or no. Do you believe you deserve to earn a six-figure income? Because when I first created a first six my first year of six-figure income for myself, I was pumped. But you know how I how I did it? I pushed myself to the limit. I bent over backwards. Hi, Tiana over on YouTube. I pushed myself to the limit. I was tired and exhausted. I like I, I thought the only way I was worth making that much money is if I was completely pushed to the limit because I didn't think that I could earn a six figure income, just like easy. Like six figures doesn't come easy, right? And it can, here's the thing: is it there's a difference between easy and simple, and we tend to make things harder and we think that we need to work harder because we struggle with self worth and self value and self esteem, right? Ooh. We don't think that we're actually worth the money. And so, like, how many of you guys have said, I'm not good at managing money? Or Ginny, I hope I can use this example. Me and Ginny were having a chat in the DMs yesterday. And how we look at things and how we look at situations can really dictate how they play out. If I say I can't afford this or there's too many expenses that have come up this month, then I'm not going to find creative solutions to cover my expenses. Right? If you say, like, oh, shit. I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. All these expenses come up and I don't have enough money. Now, I leave room for the fact that you guys, that there are things, factors that play in that are out of our control. But I will tell you this, and I'm just going to share my story and then we're going to get more into like the practical things. But I also am, like really big into the inspirational side of things is being a self-employed person. Um, or even not, you know what? I, have, I just had a thought. I just had like a, a memory come up that I'm going to share. So I remember when I lived in the UK, because I was a commission stylist. So let me share this story. with you. I was a commission stylist and I was living in London, England, and I, li- and I was in Covent Garden and I saw these boots that were beautiful. And I looked at how much they were and I was like, "Oh, I don't get paid. I don't get paid. I don't have the ability to make more money right now. I don't get paid for another week and a half, but I'm scared I'm not going to get these boots and I really want them. They're beautiful. I will. I know I'll regret them if I don't get them. So like, how can I, I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to feed myself for the next week and a half, but I'm going to do it. So I went and bought the boots. Was that a good managing my money decision? I don't know. We, we get to decide for ourselves how we manage our money, right? And so I went and bought the boots and I had no money to eat and I had no groceries. And so I ate cornflakes for a week and a half. I was 21 years old when I ate cornflakes for a week and a half because I loved, I bought these boots. And can I tell you that I still love them. They're beautiful. I bought them in 2005 they were leather they were big fly london brand and here's the thing i had to make a decision about what i valued more i had to make a decision like did i care about eating or did i care about the boots and i chose the boots and i'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer we get to decide how we choose to spend our money and how we manage our money but if you continue to tell yourself i'm not a good manager of my money then why would you all of a sudden become a good manager of your money or just because you hate Finances and you're not a numbers person doesn't mean you get to turn a blind eye to that part of your life. Now I'm saying like all of us because money is a part of all of our lives. Whether you're a commission stylist, a or or like a commission employee, or you're a business owner, just because you hate it doesn't mean it's going to ever go away. Doesn't mean it's magically going to happen. The reality is is if you hate it and keep ignoring it, it's going to continue to be a problem. Oh, I know, I know. I'm so sorry. I wish I could give you. I'm like so not that person that's going to give you like the magic answer. Just buy this thing for $29.99, my online course, and you'll become a person who loves numbers and is instantly good with your money. No. And please don't fall for me, any of that. Please, 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 please. So the first thing you have to do, I've done that myself. I'm 22 and I'm a total kid about my money. Now, vanity hair. Let's change the I'm a total kid about my money. You can say I'm 22 and there are times when I haven't managed my money well. There are times, but when you start to, when we start to say, I am blank, I'm not good at money. I'm not good at finances. And here, like nothing, it doesn't matter how many tips, tricks, things are put out piece by piece by piece for you that will work perfectly for your brain. If you continue to say, well, I'm not good at numbers, that won't work for me. Great. It won't. I don't care how good something is. It will not work if you say it won't work. Or if you, if someone gives you a solution and you're like, mm, no, then cool, then don't even try. Because we stop ourselves before we even start. And and the thing is, is that money and finances are not going to go away ever, ever. And so how you, you've got to start by like changing the narrative that you have around it. I don't love numbers. I struggle with this, but I'm going to do my best to start to get a good understanding. And I'm going to find people that I relate to and I connect with and that Help me not feel stupid about this anymore. How does that feel? That's what I've had to do. I can't tell you how many accountants I've worked with in my business because every year tax season comes along and I want to cry and I want to go back to being an employee because I feel stupid and I feel like a fraud as a business owner every single tax season. But then I finally, and I had good accountants, but they would talk circles around me with their accountant speak and I needed to find someone that spoke my language. And so when it comes to learning to understand your finances and become financially stable or managing your money better find someone who doesn't make you feel stupid find people in a group a community maybe it's this one maybe i'm your mentor that can help you realize that you don't have to do it the way everyone else has been doing it i've done that. right and you can find a way that works for you and it all starts with being open and so i'm going to ask you guys that are here with me right now can you say i'm open to to try to learning and understanding my money better And just put a yes in the comments. Or if you want to write that, I am open to learning and understanding my finances better. Instead of saying, I'm not good at numbers or I struggle with. Let's switch it to a positive statement that helps you grow and expand. I know this sounds so cheesy, but honestly, it's like step one. Because if you can get out of your way, yes, Nicole says, I am open to learning and understanding my finances better. And then I want you guys, and if you guys can write these down on a post-it note and put it up somewhere, it's going to make such a huge difference. Yes, and say, I am a good manager of my money. I am a good manager of my money. And then I'm going to get into this next practical step for you guys. And I want you guys to know that these are things I love coming here live and sharing this free mentorship with you. Mentoring is like one of my favorite things because I struggled for so long by myself. And that's the whole goal and purpose of my business is to help you not struggle with the things that I struggled with alone. I want to create a safe space in a community and like my rock your business students, they're kick ass. How many RYBers are in the house right now? Deanna over on YouTube, I know is one, but I want you guys to really to know that you're safe here because I didn't feel safe for so long and I struggled and these things you can do on your own and you can struggle on your own and you can continue to do it on your own, but why not do it in a supportive community? And that's why I come here live every weekday morning to help you guys grow and learn and expand. And so putting on a post-it note, I'm a good manager of my money. Now, here's my tip that has changed. I don't I suck at budgeting. Anyone else suck at budgeting? Like just put budgeting and like a downward, a downward thumb emoji. If you suck at budgeting, I can't tell you how many times I have tried to budget in my life and business and it just doesn't work for me. I don't care how many apps, how many answers for my brain and my ability. It doesn't work. And I am a good manager of my money, though. I will tell you that. And here's the funny thing is I used to say, because I'm not good at budgeting, I'm not, I'm not good at budgeting. Therefore, I'm not a good manager of my money. And I have tried many different ways to budget. I will tell you this much. And it still doesn't work for me. And so what I had to learn to do is go, okay, is budgeting essential to being, a good ma- to, to being financially stable? Being aware of how I spend my money and where it goes is. Budgeting don't know her. And so this is my trick that made, I totally feel that. So I want you guys to know like, my business, I mean, in 2020, my business generated over half a million dollars. That's not something I've ever shared. And it like, I was like, what? I don't know what to do. Like this is this that was a number that felt very weird and uncomfortable to me. Right? Half a million dollars. What? And I I'm like, but I'm not who what like I'm not allowed to this feels uncomfortable. Who am I to be? I'm just this weird person that goes live on the internet in the morning and my PJs in bedhead, right? And I've tried so many different budgeting things and realized, okay, budgeting is not the way to do it for me. I want to be a good manager of my money. I don't always choose the best way to manage it. But what I do, this is my like literally goes, I hope the sound didn't go. Sometimes the sound goes when I do that. Let me know if the sound went right there. I try so hard, but that's my real struggle is budgeting. This is so amazing. Oh, that is so amazing. Yeah, but I also, can I tell you guys, can I be really, really honest and vulnerable with you guys? Oh my gosh, I've like never, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I like just feel like I need to be completely transparent with you. So my business brought in over a half a million dollars in 2020 and I was like, in a freaking pandemic, what? And then I spooked myself out thinking I wasn't worth it. And then I like retracted. And I played smaller, and I was like, "What? That's uncomfortable. I don't know what to do with. It. I feel bad. I feel guilty. I feel like undeserving." And like, mind you, I didn't take home that money. My business created that much revenue. Just you know I got costs and all that stuff. So you guys are, but it still felt really. I had this weird mindset around it, and so I retracted and pulled back and made sure I made less the next year. And how many of you guys know and have you been like that where you've been you've had a similar situation where you're like, whoa, I just like charged five hundred dollars for someone's service or I just did that. And it makes you like receiving that money makes you feel so uncomfortable and you feel undeserving for it for some reason. And so then you self-sabotage or you retract back and you don't even recognize it until you have some perspective. Like, I mean, it's the end of 2022 and I'm having the perspective now on like 2020 and 2021. Right. And so I want you guys, I'm going to give you guys a really quick tip to help you be better managers your money without having to be a good budgeter. You guys are cool for this. And I just want to let you guys know that if you miss any of this or you can't catch it live, you can always go watch it. The replays over on YouTube. I save these on the IGTV, but we're also posting them on the Anxious Creative Podcast. So we have podcast episodes six days a week now. OK, ready, ready, ready. Give me a yes if you're ready, because this is going to blow your mind how easy it is and how many times do us We think things need to be hard, especially if you've been diagnosed with ADHD or you suspect you have ADHD. Things tend to be harder for us because things that are simple are harder and and like challenging things are like enjoyable. And so if things come easy, we think we're doing something wrong or it's not right. Since joining RYB, I've been way better about charging my worth and feeling good about it. Yeah, Nicole. I love it. I love it. Okay, so here is the simple trick to managing your money. Check your bank accounts every single day. Open up your banking app and look at your bank accounts every single day. That is my secret. That is my secret. And knowing, and so the other thing that I do as well is I, any big bills that come out, so it's my rent or my mortgage, I put those on my calendar. If you have a digital calendar or if you have like a flip calendar and I write them in, they come in, on, They come big payments that come out on the same day every month. I write them in my calendar so I know the big things that are coming up, the essential things that are always coming out. So I know that next week I need to make sure that there's at least $1,000 in this account so that I don't overspend. I'm always looking at my credit cards because it's so easy to rack up consumer debt. It's so easy to go to the suppliers and be like, look at that cute stuff. I'm going to get that. Do you really need it? Do you really need it? And now I was like looking for my phone just now. And now that we can have our credit cards on our phones, it makes it easier to spend money, which means you have to be so much better because they are just trying to make things so much easier for you. And oh my God, I just started doing that. Yeah. I get so conflicted. I'm like, yes, I just did that. But then at the same time, I feel so guilty about it. Yeah, we have this is the thing. This is the biggest thing that we get in our way about being good stewards of our money is one we don't feel deserving of the money that we want. And so although it's like and I used to be so confused about this because it's like you're actually sabotaging your success I'm like why the hell would I sabotage my success I want success but it's like it's an unconscious thing that we do like of course everyone's like yes I want more money let me manifest more money I would take more money if it came to me but the reality I forget the stat but like there's a stat of like 80% of people something like that it's not I don't know if anyone knows the real stat let me know but it's like 80% of people who win the lottery end up going bankrupt it's not about having more money, having more money. Oh, if only I've had more money, I'd I'd be better at managing my money. Or if I had more money, then I'd hire people to do that. What are you doing today with the money you have and how are you being responsible with it? And honestly, that will grow, help you grow in your money management. Are you guys with me on this? I know. I mean, I feel like I'm losing people on this live because I'm giving you the harsh truth. But if budgeting is something you struggle with and if you you don't feel like you're a good money manager, I want you to I want to say to you right now, get up, get out of your own freaking way. Get out of your own freaking way. It's time to put your adult pants on and go, Okay, clearly I'm embarrassed about this. Clearly, I struggle with this. This makes me feel so freaking insecure. This is the one thing that makes me feel like a complete fraud as a business owner. I hate this part of my business. I don't let's just be real and honest about it. Stop saying, like, well, I don't like it and I'm not good at it. And I just wanna be, I just love my clients and I love doing what I do. Cool. Yeah, me too. But the reality is that the money thing's not gonna go away. So continuing to say, like, well, I'm just not good at it, and then continue to be like, oh, I wish I had more, or I'm not gonna be able to retire, or I'm gonna quit the industry because like my clients won't pay me more. And you put the onus on everybody else but you, I mean. It's a really naive and ignorant way to live and it makes you feel safe and it makes you not have to take any responsibility for yourself. But you won't achieve any of those goals that you're wanting to go for either. And I don't know about you. I mean, I know this is a little bit of tough love with Don this morning. but I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like 95 years old on my on my deathbed going like, I wish I would have tried. I wish I would have at least tried to look at things a little bit differently Maybe I didn't have to follow what everyone else was saying. Maybe I didn't have to do it the way everyone else was doing. Did I? Was I really just getting in my own way? What if I had just taken a little bit of time to really like observe myself in these situations? Right. How are you getting in your own way when it comes to your money? And does anyone have an answer to that right now? How are you getting in your own way? How are you actually sabotaging it? And how are you managing the money that you have right now? Because I see so many times life myself included i still do this well if i have this or if i did this then it would and then it would work better no you can make it work like honestly this is this is like prime example of my own business i have like this weird thing about my graphics and like having things like look a certain way and i get like really preoccupied as it and it's like it's the deterrent from me for doing like the work that actually works i'm like no like that graphic doesn't look proper or like oh no i need to make that look better And really, when I look back on like my business over the last five years, some of the most successful moments I've had and the most impactful, not not even from a finance point of view, but like the impact that I've had on other people and the change that I've been able to help people produce in their lives, my graphics sucked. So what are you using as an excuse thinking like, oh, I need to spend more money or in order to make more money or in order to be financially stable or in order to be a good manager of my money? I need to first do this, or I need like a whole weekend to go to this course, or I need to get this app, or I need to do this. No, those things can help. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. I mean, I have a whole module inside of my program, Rock Your Business, that helps you with your finances in a really simple, easy to use way, way for the creative neurodivergent brain. Do you need it? No, don't wait. I mean, Rock Your Business is opening in January and I'd love to have you in there. You don't need anything. You just need to get out of your own way and start with today going, how can I manage my money well today? Oh, I know. So much easier to be like, well, in January, right? Especially right now, it's December. I don't want to be a good manager of my money in December. But being a good manager of your money creates financial stability. Right? Are you guys with me on this? Being a good manager of your money helps you create financial stability. More money doesn't create financial stability. Winning, like I said, winning the lottery, most people end up bankrupt. I don't. I need to look up the stat. Let's see if I can quickly do it. And let's see. Let's see. Hi, hi, Renee. Let's see if there's any comments in here. How are you guys feeling with this? Is this landing? What? What have? What have you taken from this so far? Because creating financial stability means being a good manager of your money. And being a good manager of your money, well, I can't find it. Most lottery winners go into debt. Okay, USA Today. This is from 2021. Someone struck gold, nearly 700 million lottery tickets sold in California. I mean, I'll have to look for it. But anyway, the reality is, is people who win the lottery don't all of a sudden magically become good with their money. And so if you owe the government for your taxes, if you're not putting money aside for your taxes, if you're not. Here's the thing is we get stuck on like the number. Like, oh, well, I brought in this much this today. And so I made this much. And it's like, I can't retire because, you know, I don't have retirement as a self-employed person. Well, why are you putting money aside? Well, because I need all that money to live. Okay well, maybe you're living beyond your means then, right? Because what you should be doing as a self-employed person is putting money away for your taxes, putting money away from your retirement and then seeing what's left over. And if what's left over is not enough to live on then you need to find creative solutions to create more revenue in your business. But if you are just going, well, I only have this much and this is what I have to live off and I can't put any money aside, then that's what you'll continue to do. And I hate to say that, but it's true, right? I don't make enough to put money away for retirement. Well, why would you make more if if you can keep stealing from your retirement? If you can keep stealing from your taxes? That money doesn't actually belong to you in the first place. So get it out of your bank account, right? The one thing, and my favorite thing that my dad taught me about business is when I first went out on my own, he said, Don, get a separate bank account. First things first, get a separate bank account. And 30% of the money you bring in, put into a different account for your taxes. So I did it, 30%. And so I learned to live off of the 70%. And I mean, then I had to pay for my rent and da-da-da-da-da. But I put that 30% away. I wasn't allowed to touch it. And so to be a good manager of your money means to actually, as a business owner, if you're if you're getting all that money coming in, go not going, oh, I can spend all that, going, okay, this percentage goes somewhere else where I can't touch it for taxes. This percentage goes over there for my retirement. Am I making enough? Because so many times people go self-employed, being like, oh, my boss isn't giving me enough commission. They're like stealing all this money from me, meanwhile. They have a receptionist they're paying to do the orders. They have someone putting the orders on the shelf. They have someone who's cleaning the salon. And all of a sudden, when you go self-employed, you realize you're having to do all these other things in your business that you didn't have to do before. And you realize where that other chunk of your money went. But as well, I worked in a salon that had benefits for us. And things like that, like that's where that money goes. And so you need to learn instead of going, well, I only make that much and that's all I can live off of. So I I can't do anything else. Start making it so that you put it away and go, how can I come up with a creative solution? When people say, like, I can't afford to do that, case in point, the story I was sharing earlier, like, oh, I don't have the money. I've seen people, I've seen people say this to me and you guys have had it with your clients. I can't afford to do that. And then they tell you about their vacation they're going on. I can't afford to get my hair done or I can't afford that. And then we get pissed and annoyed. But the reality is, is they don't see the value in it. Those boots that I bought, I decided they were more valuable than what I was going to eat for the next week and a half. So I bought the boots and I didn't get paid for another week and a half. So I ate cornflakes. That was my choice on what I valued. The boots screamed to me. I was scared I wouldn't get them. They only had life-size left in one pair. So I chose the boots over eating. Probably wasn't the smartest thing, but it's what I valued at the time. And so what do you value more? Being able to go to the distributor and pick up those fun little things? Do you value that more over your retirement? Do you value that more over the vacation you want to save up for? If, do you value, you know, all the like, oh, I need to buy this, this, this new outfit or I need to do this. Do you value that more over your retirement or or over being able to put money aside for this business course that you're wanting to take to help you learn to how to manage your money more and how to create more revenue in your business? Because the shiny objects are so exciting and fun and we want to spend our money on them because it's an instant gratification in retail therapy works. Let me tell you, I did it last week. Holy freaking cow. I went to the mall and I went to go Christmas shopping and ended up buying stuff for myself. And I was like walking on cloud nine. I felt so good. Retail therapy feels so good. And I'm not saying not to do that. But you have a choice at every moment. I actually like have misplaced my business credit card. And I realized that this is like the I mean, I know it's somewhere in my house, but I haven't spent money on my business in the way that I had in the last couple of weeks. And I went, oh my gosh. How many times was I spending money as an excuse to spend money rather than really asking myself, do I need to? Do I really need to do this? Am I thinking this is going to be answered? And then especially when it comes to like programs, like group coaching, mentorship, you know, retreats, things like that. And like, I mean, I offer those. But I want you guys to ask yourself, like, buying the thing, buying the template, buying the course, getting the mentor, isn't in and of itself going to give you the thing? Buying the gym membership, getting the treadmill, getting the Peloton isn't going to make you fit. Are you willing to put in the effort? And so, those of you guys that have said I want to be more financially stable and I want to become a better manager of my money, are you willing to do the work? Yes or no? Just put in the comments. Yes or no? Are you willing to do the work? Now, like I shared with you guys, I've tried to do work that fit worked for other people's brains. I'm not an accountant. I am not a business person. I am not someone, my brain works in a very different way. And I can, I've learned how to come across where I like appear to fit in with the mass majority of the public. But the reality is my brain works so differently. And it, it is like, it, I'm gonna cry. It is such a sore spot for me because so many times, I remember someone saying this to me like, Don, it's easy, it's easy. And I'm like, it's not easy. I remember someone saying this about bookkeeping. Don, it's easy, don't take 10 minutes a day just do it. And I'm like, you don't understand. And it made me feel so dumb because it's really easy for a lot of other people, but it wasn't easy for me. And so I really struggled with that for a long time. And I still do clearly because I'm freaking crying on the internet, too, because when it's easy for someone else and all they just keep telling you it's easy, it makes you feel like shit. And I'm not saying that these people that have said this to me are like trying to make me, but the reality is that like my brain works very differently And so these easy things that like, oh, like budgeting made simple or like this is this. It's like it's freaking hard. And why do I feel so stupid? Why do I feel like a loser? And I should just pack it up. And clearly I'm not cut out for this because to be a successful business person means you're supposed to be good with understanding these easy things that happen for everyone else. But why can't I be good at this? That's the narrative. That's the thing I fight with still. I don't want you guys to think that I like overcome it feeling dumb and stupid because these easy things and so then I hide it and then I turn a blind eye to it and then I ignore it because I feel so dumb and then it becomes a bigger monster right we push away the things we don't want to deal with that make us feel dumb, that make us feel worthless that make us feel like we suck we push it away and it grows bigger and bigger and bigger and we keep ignoring it but the moment that and I've been this has been like the common theme if you guys have been part of this six-week series I'm doing is showing up and being vulnerable and being able to admit that isn't easy for me. And I gotta be honest, I struggle with managing my money. Oh, what a weight off to be able to share that with other people and stop trying to pretend, right? I can't do it. It's too much for my brain. My husband helps me. I love that, Nicole. That's why my partner says about cooking, he says it's easy. I disagree, right? And so this is the thing is like, I want you guys to know that those things that we struggle with, the business side of business, the money side, that's okay because you're not meant, we're not, we're not in this to be accountants or money managers, right? It's a part of our business that we need to learn and find a creative solution for that will work for our brain. Absolutely. But you didn't become a business owner, hairstylist, a lash tech, a nail tech to be good at numbers. So Whew, take that stress away you don't need to stop you can stop pretending that you get it and you understand it <laughs> and the beautiful thing is because our brains don't get those things is because our brains are so amazing in other ways we are creative people we see the world through a different lens we understand things in a different way we problem solve like no other and i want you to know that the things that make you feel stupid dumb and like you're a loser and that you'll never make it and clearly you don't have what it takes And all those things that run through your head, you have just as many and more amazing things that people look to and admire. And here's the shitty thing about the world is we don't share compliments and what we admire about other people enough, and especially with the ones we love and the ones we're closest with. I'm getting super emotional. (laughs) Because what often happens is when we admire other people. Instead of going, oh, wow, like, look what you're doing. I'm so impressed and like that I'm in awe of that. Instead of that, we turn the narrative on like, I suck. Right. And it's funny. And so those of you guys that are like me that are like thrive off of words of affirmation and are rejection sensitive people. So even perceived rejection, like someone didn't tell me I did a good job. So therefore, I must have done a bad job. We need that. We, 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 we thrive. I don't want to say we need, but we thrive off of affirmation. And so I want you guys today What, what like, creating a habit of affirming each other. This is something that I teach my students inside of Rock Your Business to do is like share your wins, have an accountability partner, support each other. Because the more you give affirmation to others, the more it will come back. And I can't see it's going to be guaranteed. And there have been days in my life where I feel I've had like pity parties, like full all on pity parties of like, <laughs> like be honest. I've been like, I give so much to other people. How come no one's giving back to me? Right. Like I've had those moments. And we if we it's hard to admit, I don't like admitting that. I'm like, I felt totally sorry for myself that I helped so many other people. Nobody's like reaching out to see how I'm doing. Right. And like then but then we make ourselves a victim. And the reality is like we're just having a very human moment. And if I didn't admit that to you guys, I wouldn't be being real and honest and vulnerable. And that's really important to me is be completely transparent. There have been moments where I have totally had a pity party and felt like I don't help other people for a transaction. But yet I've had moments where I'm like, where is the transaction? Right. And it's like when a client asks, I'm going off on a tangent now, but like when a client asks for a favor or for you to come in on your day off or for you to stay late or for you to squeeze them in and you do it because it's and then you're pissed when they don't thank you enough. Have you guys ever had that? When you're like, I just squeezed you in and they're like, cool. And you're like, wait a minute. Where is the telling me how amazing I am? Because a lot of times how we sabotage our lives and our businesses and why we struggle with boundaries and why we struggle with communication And why we emotionally discount and why we're not good at at managing our money is because, sorry, crying really made my nose run. The reason why we do all that is because we are motivated by affirmation from other people. We are motivated by money, sure, but at the end of the day, we want to feel worthy. Oh, did I just like hit that so freaking right on the head? We want to feel worthy. And so the thing that motivates us most And the reason why we keep sabotaging our businesses in other ways and we don't understand is because the desire to be worthy, to be affirmed by other people is subconscious. but That desire to be worthy, to be valued, to be seen as someone, to be admired, to be affirmed, is that desire, that unconscious need is stronger than the need to be financially stable or to manage your money better or to have good boundaries, or to have good communication, or to follow through on your policies. The desire to be liked, to be needed, to be wanted, to be valued. Because self-sabotage, what I've learned over this last year, and I read the book, The Mountain is You by Brianna Weist, and you guys, I highly recommend it. I haven't even finished it. But she talks about, it's not actually sabotaging yourself. Self-sabotage isn't actually, you're not trying to sabotage yourself. It's an unconscious need that is outweighing the present need that you think you have. So if you're like, I want to, I want to grow my business. I want more clients. I want to get more clients in. That's your want. And you're like, why can't, why do I seem to keep sabotaging myself? Why do I keep getting in my way? I just want more clients. That's all I want. I've been manifesting it. I've been, like, why? But if you're really honest, I'm going to share mine, what I used to have, my unconscious need, and the podcast this week, FYI, like yesterday's episode that came out, it's all about how to grow your clientele as an introvert, donbradley.com slash 168, I believe, if you want to go listen to it. But if you have this desire to like, I want more clients, but why can't I seem to get more clients? I want you to think about what is the unconscious unconscious need or want that is winning over that. And mine was, I just want people to like me. That is like a deep-seated thing for me in my life. I just want people to like me. And so the thought of going out and handing out cards or offering people to come in and book with me. What if they reject me? What if they say no? What if they say I'm not? Like the fear of that. And then people not wanting to see me was terrifying. So I'd rather just not invite anybody. So yes, I want more clients. I'm doing all the things. I'm posting on social media. I'm putting on my stories. I'm putting my availability. You're playing it really safe because you're shielding yourself from the possibility of the perceived rejection of someone saying, no, thank you. But what if you actually started to go, hey, what is that unconscious desire that's winning out right now? Hi, Nina. And so this is very relatable, especially since words of affirmation are my love language and God, do I love validation. Right. And so I want you guys to think like self-sabotage isn't about you're not sabotaging yourself. It's just that you have an unconscious desire that is outwinding the current one. You want to get financially stable. You want to become a good manager of your money. I mean, Nina and I can both Nina will give like Nina's like the queen of this. She's got to make that money course. Right. Rock Your Business has a whole module helping you for ways that work for our neurodivergent creative brains. You don't have to become a bookkeeper. You don't have to do it all the ways that everyone's been telling you. If, those, if you tried many, many times and it still doesn't keep working, then maybe those methods aren't the right ones for you. And that's okay. It doesn't mean you're stupid. It doesn't mean you're dumb. It doesn't mean you're a loser. It doesn't mean you're a shitty business owner. It means you're a creative person that is amazing at the work that you love to do and the clients you get to connect with and this is a part of business that is your weakness because that's not why you went into business. But there is something that the, 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 the reality is, and I think Nina will back me up on this, is like, just because you're not good at, at managing your money, just because you don't understand finances, just because you don't want to be an accountant or bookkeeper, cool. But that does not mean that money and how to manage it will go away. Just because you suck at it, like myself, I'm, I'm not naturally someone who like, wants to have a spreadsheet in front of me and create a budget. Like I said, I've never done budgeting. I don't do budgeting. My secret is I just look at my bank accounts every single day and I know what my expenses are. But money and having to manage it is never going to go away. So you need to find people and places, things that you feel safe in, that you can show up and feel safe to be honest and vulnerable. Because I'll tell you, there's so many times that like, I'd go places and like, yeah, totally get it. Because I was so embarrassed. I'm like, people knew that I don't get this. Then I'll be seen as a fraud and a loser. And I don't want to be affirmed that how I feel is true. So I'll pretend that I get it. But because I'm pretending that I get it, I can't ask the questions that I need to ask to get the answers that I need so that I can understand. So first and foremost, you need to find a space where you feel safe and comfortable in. Yeah, Nina, listen, I almost failed out of high school because I sucked at math and here I am teaching it. You got this. Absolutely. absolutely. And so I want you guys to know that like, I'm just going to see here that go away, but you need to find people and places that you can feel safe to be vulnerable, ask the right questions and get compassionate answers back and have people who are willing to work with you and how your brain works, right? Because if you don't have a place that you can feel safe and someone that can work with you in creative solution making, then you continue to stay stuck. And so the first step you need to make is to show up and be able to be vulnerable with the right people that you're safe with and be like, I need help. And I need to find something that works for me, and that's what I wanted to share with you guys this morning. And so, if you just joined in now, don't worry. This is going to be saved on Instagram. It's also saved on YouTube. It's also up on the podcast tomorrow, the Anxious Creative Podcast. You did come live. I was hoping you would. And I'm like getting out of bed. So here Perfect. we are. The breakfast in bed. I know. I'm glad here. This is very impromptu, but I mean, because you have. Make that money course. Yes. And I love that you said I almost funked out of high school. Like, tell us about that a little. Oh my
1: gosh. It's so crazy. And my husband and I laugh at this all the time. When I was in high school, first of all, I did not have algebra one until I was a senior in high school. I had to have applied math pretty much my whole duration of high school because I just couldn't grasp it. And so finally, I'm in Algebra 1. I'm like, yes, I'm going to graduate. I went through some things. I didn't, I wanted to quit school for a while. I was in go So I wanted to do, uh, just focus on hair. Hey, Stephanie. So, so finally senior high school and I'm two months away from graduation. And I had a 59 in my my Algebra class a 59. And my teacher was like, Yeah, you're not going to be able to graduate if you. And I was like, listen, my mom will absolutely kill me if I do not graduate from high school. So like I will come in, I'll do extra credit. Like I'll come in after school, like whatever I need to do. But I just couldn't. I would sit in math class literally. And I did a reels about this sweating when people would call my name to answer a question when it had to do with like anything math related. I would just sit there and like it made me so nervous. And what happened was, and now I'm teaching this, and now I have calculators and Excel sheets and all of the things. And I think what I've been learning a lot too, even from my students in my Make That Money course, is that it just has to be broken down in a way where you it makes you feel comfortable. And you have to be aligned with someone, whether it's me or Dawn or somebody else, that understands that It's not easy, and that we got you. Like, we're going to be holding your hand along the way. So, if you have 5 million questions, then ask the 5 million questions. But just like anything else, it's just like doing, it's just like doing whatever, a pixie cut or a balayage for the first time. It feels weird. It feels awkward. But after you practice it, and after you do it, and after you make progress, it becomes second nature. And it's the same thing like what you're talking about with
0: money and math. Yeah. You know what I love? Because I remember like the moment that I had. So going to technique classes all the time. Mm -hmm. And I used to be like, this seems silly because it seems so impractical. Like I would never do this cut in the salon. And then I had an aha moment where I'm like, oh, I can take bits of this and apply it into my business. And I was just thinking how it's like me and you probably have some similarities with how like we teach money. And then we probably have some differences because we know what works for us individually. And that's where I want to empower everyone that's here is like, say, you you've taken like multiple different education and you're like, well, this person says this, but this person says you- this. And it's it's like, fine, melt, melt the way together that works for you. And I remember going, oh my gosh, now technique classes are so different. So I'm like, oh, I like how they said to like use my scissors that way. Or I like how they, they did that color and I'm going to place it with this. And oh my gosh, this works really well for me. And it was like, I used to, cause I used, to, I mean, a black and white thinker by nature. It's like, oh, you tell me exactly how to do it. I got to do it mm-hmm. this way. And if I do it outside of this way, then it's not right. Or I can't be right. And then right. realizing like I'm allowed to do things the way it works for me. And I can find pieces and bits from other people that, find, that, that help me create the way that works for me.
1: Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love that. 922. So on. Thank you. She said, I love your Make That Money course. Thank you so much. I there, think this is, you know, the other thing too is that, and this is huge because a lot of times when we don't like something, it's because we don't know how to do it. So what do we do? We avoid. Mm -hmm. We steer clear. We kind of do everything that we have to do to kind of move away from it. But here's the thing. Money and finance isn't going away in your business. It's not going anywhere. And if you avoid it, it's not going to actually get better. It's going to get worse because now you become even more distant from what it looks like to actually run your business. So I say dive, dive in, in a way that makes you feel comfortable, but dive in, in some way, shape or form, So you can feel a little bit more comfortable with finance and math and money and profit margins and all of the things. But the more the more you take charge of that area in your business, I'm telling you right now, because this is a lot of the stuff you talk about, Dawn, is that you become so much more confident in the way that you operate your business and you become more confident the way that you function
0: behind the chair. Yeah, conversations around money become easier. Especially when, like, I was sharing, I don't know if you were on the live yet, but I was sharing how, like, if you are like, well, I don't, I can't, I can't afford to retire. It's like, why? Because you're stealing from your retirement right now. If you're not putting that money aside, Mm. then you're actually stealing from your retirement. And you're like, well, I can't live off the money if I put money aside. Well, then you need to find a way to create more revenue then. Because saying that, like, I can't afford to, like, that's your boss. Like, if you work somewhere, your boss wouldn't be like, can't afford to give you a pension. Sorry.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: Right. And like and like I love that you said, because I said like if we ignore it, it just becomes bigger and it becomes this thing that like haunts us. But like the biggest thing that ever that's helped me in so many areas of my business is just being able to be vulnerable and admit like, oh, I suck at this. But like even when I started teaching, I didn't when I started doing technique education, I'm like my biggest fear was I'd go teach a class and like someone's hair wouldn't turn out and people would be like, why the hell did I pay to come to this class? Right. Where I remember the day that I was like, I actually hope something goes wrong. Because then I can show them how I'd handle it. Mm. And like switching that narrative and same with money. Like, you know, everyone like you have such an amazing story. Like if you didn't have your story of being what, $90,000 in debt. Mm -hmm.
1: Like
0: how how many of you guys that are in here with us right now with Nina's like money's always come really easy. I've always understood it. It's been great. It's just like I'm naturally like I understand it. So you should learn. For me, like. Like. Okay, good for you, but I'm in a bad
1: situation over here. How do I get out of it? Right.
0: Like, I don't want to learn from the people who get it naturally because I will, I will, like, they, they, good that they get it, love it, but they won't be able to teach me anything. What you're, yes. And I think
1: that here's the thing when people decide who they want to learn from, because there's so many amazing and coaches and mentors and all of the Mm -hmm. things, right? There's so many people that you can vibe with. And I think it's so important to listen to yourself and your gut and who you feel connected to, because that's how you're going to absorb information. If you decide to take a course or take a class, you have to be connected with that person. And I think the reason why people connect to you or me or other educators that are being vulnerable is that we're saying, "Hey, I was really shitty at this. Hey, I was now ninety thousand dollars in debt, and and I've been in debt." not that significantly, but pretty, pretty bad more than one time. Like, Hey, I almost closed my business twice. Oh my I actually sold my home to keep my salon. And that was a year four. And I was already a hairstylist, probably maybe 12, 13 years by that point. So I was already making, I was making mistakes as a veteran stylist. And I was making mistakes as an owner that was open for four years. So I think when you feel like you're not good enough or you're not smart enough or you're not talented enough or you're not like your brain can't wrap around numbers or math or all of the things, right? It's good to lean into people like us who are saying like, hey, I screwed up too. Like, hey, I almost failed out of high school because I couldn't pass algebra one. Like, this is real
0: shit. And I think it's, I stole $20 from my business to,
1: and then I owed two years of taxes. Mm -hmm. No, that's a whole, yeah, a whole other thing too. Yeah. I was in debt with the IRS too for years. And I think it's just about like, Hey, this is it. This is what I've gone through. And I know that you feel the same. It's like, if I could share my story and help one person not make the same mistakes that I did or accelerate their career or their growth, I am here for it.
0: Yes, honestly. And like realizing like that's why I go live every weekday morning. It's like this costs nothing for people to come join. Yes, I have paid programs that I can help more in depth with. But like at the end of the day, I mean, I think even when I did hair full time, if I could have done it for free, I would have. The reality is we all have to make money. And we all need to make a living. Right. right? And we shouldn't feel bad about that. But like, even when I was full time behind the chair, one of the biggest, I had so many clients with fine hair because I would talk about how much I like, I'm like, I used to get such shitty haircuts and layers with my fine hair. I'd get mullets and I'm like, and I, I'm like changing the world one less fine haired mullet at a time. And that people are like, oh, you get it. You get my struggle. Yep. And so that's why I'm so glad that you came here, I'm Like, yeah, I'm not naturally good at money and I feel dumb and stupid when it comes to like. Would people get really businessy talk around yeah. it? Mm-hmm. But it's like the reality is like I've been able to grow my business in ways that I never dreamed possible, being cracky at money. Right. But I want I want to encourage you, and I think you'll be on board with me with this, is like saying like I suck at money isn't helpful, but saying I struggle with money, but I'm learning to lean into it and get better at it, Ooh, like yes. changing the narrative and not saying mm. I suck, but like money isn't something that comes easy, but I'm continuing to look at it and, and observe it.
1: Absolutely. Ooh, I love that you brought that up because if you go on my Instagram on Saturday, I shared how to like a couple bits on how to change your perspective. Instead of saying like, I'm broken, I am healing. Yes. I am lost. I'm rediscovering myself. You know, I, I'm a failure. I'm a work in progress. And so when you, you have know. these conversations wrapped around my, instead of saying I suck at money, it's like I'm investing in my education for growth. I'm Mm -hmm. still discovering the money side of my business. It's just switching those things and changing perspective where it's like, we don't have to have it all figured out now. Like it took me five years to figure things out in my business when I was a salon owner. So don't put that pressure on yourself. Yeah. But just dive in, in little bits and pieces and switch that narrative that you keep saying to yourself over and over. Because the more that you keep that narrative the same, the more you avoid and we know what happens when you avoid is things get mm-hmm. worse and worse and worse. They get bigger, not better.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not going to get easier. It's like when like people say like, oh, the bills came in the mail. Not... Right? I mean, that money that you owe is not going away. And I don't want to ever shame people and, and like sear people into change. But like just and, like, I said, like the first step that helps me is just starting to look at my bank accounts every day. Open up your bank app every day and just look. And then ask yourself, like, when have when have you seen like, and and I know I've been guilty of this. It's like seeing like a program, a mentorship, something that I'm like, oh, I can't afford that right now. But then, like on Black Friday, we bought a new TV, and it's like, oh, I totally could have afforded that thing, but I was scared because I had to put work in to do it, and I was scared that I had to make an effort,
1: Mm -hmm. but I'd rather
0: have the quick fix. And this identity and label that I put on myself that I suck at money keeps me really safe because then I can continue to say I suck at money and then that way I I, I don't have any responsibility my brain just doesn't work that way and I mean Nina and I are here to shine a light on that's a full load of crock of shit because we both suck at money too (laughs) (laughs) yes I've been going live for an hour now so I'm gonna like peace out but this has been so fun I think we should go live more and talk about money what do you think hello I am
1: you listen you know I'm here for you whatever you want I'm on it. My Naps. arm's about to fall off though, because I don't have my tripod. <laughs> I'm like holding my arm. I'm like, <laughs> I'm
0: like, oh, dollars to go live. Let, let me do it. Me let do it. it. I just literally rolled it. out of bed. Let's go. And I I I'm it. like, look at my sweet outfit. I've got my hoodie and then cute sweatpants that were an impulse buy. Talk about not like, I was like, I just want retail therapy. And like, I don't feel guilty about it because I don't do it as often as I used to. I went to the mall, Lemonhead had all their Black Friday stuff on, and I got these for 50% off. And I was like, I'm very proud of myself. Yeah, there's one question that I want to I answer and I want you to answer too. And then I, we're going to wrap this up. But if you guys missed it, I mean, I'm live on YouTube as well. And I just realized anyone watching on YouTube is not going to hear Nina. So you seem to watch the replay. You can just imagine right then. Yeah. And then also we put the, these replays up on the podcast the day after. So you can catch this if you didn't catch the Ooh. whole thing. We're on the podcast. But Court Does My Hair says, how do you feel about taking out a small loan when going out on your own? Mm -hmm. Yes. Here's the thing. And I, I talk about this a lot because I do coach a lot
1: of people, stylists who want to go out on their own. I feel like if you can avoid a small business loan at all costs, do it. I feel like you don't want to start off your business by being in debt. Now, it depends on what the loan looks like. Are we talking five grand? Are we talking 30 grand? You know, there's a difference also understanding that you have to pay that back. So now you have to rerun your business projection in terms of your business plan to make sure that you wrap that payment in because there's going to be interest on that. Make sure that you wrap that payment in. And what does that look like now? Do What is that doing to your profit margin and how long is it going to take you to get out of that? So I feel like There are certain instances where if it's a small, like a micro loan, I may be like, okay, that will work. What percentages are you getting it from a credit union? Is it very minimal? But I'd really suggest not going into debt to start a business. I suggest starting your business plan. You can go on sba.gov and do your business plan. That's going to take you a while to do. Start stacking cash, start running your numbers and seeing what it's really going to cost you to open up. Because if you start putting money aside and we're talking about five grand, you can do that, you know, in, in a decent amount of time. So that's kind of my stance on that. I'm never like, no, 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 don't do that ever because I feel like every circumstance is different. But I just I don't want people to start off their business getting into debt. I think that's a, where, where are you at with that, Don?
0: Yeah, so I have I agree 100%. I have a little bit of a different perspective because when I went out on my own, I had nothing mm-hmm. and I I needed I needed to get out of a bad situation at Salon and I found a place that I could lease. There was no Salon Suites here at the time mm-hmm. and it was like ugly, ugly. It needed so much work. But then I gave my 2 weeks notice and then my boss let me go that day and I was kind of like in a panic and I didn't ha- I had enough. I don't even know where I got my damn like my deposit damage deposit for but i didn't have anything mm-hmm. no savings and i did it and so my first question when someone says like should i take out a loan my first question is is like what are you planning on spending it on right because like is it like there's salon suites that have like chairs and sinks for you yep. and that, i mean i'm talking hair stylist but like what are you planning on spending it on is it like to have the instagram beautiful space because mm-hmm. i don't that's not a smart business decision to right. just like have it aesthetically pleasing because right. you like actually need like functional things like a chair and a mirror and a sink and like a plumber okay I understand that I got really lucky that I found a space and I am I just share in stories because that's how I do better I found a space that like had so uh, was a slot but it had like carpeted carpet by the sinks right and I hated it but I just as I could improved it because yeah I've never taken out a loan for my business ever to this day ever 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 and I'm not saying that it's not a bad, like it can be a good thing and it can help accelerate your growth. And I've never opened up a multi-chair salon either. So right. like from that perspective, but going out on, on my own with the availability of salon suites, I would say like, and it's all situational. So Courtney, like, obviously I'm not saying this is like flat across the board, but I would say like avoid it at all costs if you don't need to. If it's just to have like fancy things that make it look nice. Like I, when I moved to Calgary, I worked from my basement in a rental that was like not cute. And I charged the same as downtown because I knew the value of the service I was providing. It wasn't people don't come for the value of how cute your space is. Oh, no, Nina left. So I just want you guys to know that like that's kind of where like I loved what Nina shared. It's like, yeah, you need to like know how much your business is costing you and understand all those things that go into it. But do I think I don't think a business loan is necessary and like I agree with Nina like if you can avoid it at all costs please please do cuz like yeah I like Nina Nina says it so much more eloquently than I do but like you don't want to start off your business in debt you don't want to have to pay back a loan and I always did things as I could go oh maybe she's back here I always built like like my first lawn like my clients love being able to see the transformation too and if you have this fear that like clients will come to you cuz your space isn't cute then that's something to look into. But yeah, I would say like, and like to say like if it's for $5,000, not worth it. Not worth it. Uh, yeah, I mean, sorry,
1: I fell off. I I, know, like, said. Oh, I went into stories somehow. I don't even know what happened. I was trying to read her comment. I think she was saying five, 10, five to 10 pay to like just have for extra, like for tools and things, like just to kind of keep on hand. I think it's also thinking about like, OK, how much money am I going to pay on that five grand? To have it for extra you know for things because you're going to pay interest aren't cheap right now right you're going to pay interest on that loan so it's like figuring out do i need that 5k is it going to be sitting in an account and what am i going to be paying in terms of interest on that money to sit there or am i you what am i using it for i love that question what am i using it for and i think you know having a beautiful salon is amazing but investing over indulging and investing isn't going to bring you new clients If you spend $100 on a chair or $1,000 on a chair, does that mean that you're going to grow your business faster? No. So we have to think about what we're putting our money into. And I think for her, it's just like wanting to have more cushion, which I totally understand. But again, think about like, what am I going to be paying on that money? And is it worth it? Over the Mm -hmm. duration of the loan, how much am
0: I actually going to be paying on that five or 10 pay? So- and i'll say this like and i know this this is like not good wise business advice i will with this but like if i have a cushion i get freaking lazy and so Uh, i'm gonna that's that's what i'm saying this is bad business advice like i have savings but i can't see the savings because if i see the savings and then then i like get or then i rely on them and i get lazy so i like my financial advisors like don you're the best client ever because you like forget about the money that you have saved and i was like Yeah. yeah because if i see it then i won't if I don't have a fire under my ass,
1: mm-hmm. I don't get
0: shit done. Yeah. And so, and like my story of going out on my own is like, I think like having, I've never made a business plan because it, I felt dumb and it felt overwhelming. I didn't know how to do it. But I've never made a business plan. I'm not, I'm like not saying that's something that you guys all should do, but I'm just saying, didn't have a business plan, didn't know how to do any of it until I started, until like I lost, I gave my notice. They left me go that day. And I was like, oh crap, I'm in it. And the only way that I get shit done is if I'm all of a sudden in it. So I, I personally have to jump and then figure out how to land. Because mm-hmm. if I start figuring out how to land, I will delay, delay, procrastinate, plan, procrastinate, procrastinate, plan, right. find another, oh, thing, and then never actually take action. So mm-hmm. if you guys are similar to me, like take the first step and do it and then figure it out. And like I said, I, yeah, I had a used chair for the longest time, like Facebook marketplace, like friends like you find things you can do it really inexpensively to start and Crazy. then I think both you and I would probably agree on this is like there's nothing more rewarding than buying things as you can afford them yes and I, the pride that you have of like I built this absolutely and I own Oops. all of this yeah for it's sure not, it's not on loan from the bank mm-hmm. oh yeah and, and I, guess- I love looking back at the pictures of my both my, like my first salon and then my salon here in Calgary when I first got it I mean I had to get a plumber. It wasn't a salon before, so that was an expense. I had to get a plumber, come in, plumb in my washer and dryer. My washer and dryer I have had since I first opened up my first salon and I got them. They were display units at a furniture store. Oh so God. I got them on a discount and they yep. still work great. And, but I didn't put anything into my salon. And I bought like these shelves off of Wayfair and then spray painted them. It's so embarrassing. And my client who's an interior designer. She, like, she now designed the salon the way it is now. But I didn't get like a proper, pretty, like professional looking salon until last year, you guys. Yep. So, Listen, and I still, it was $40,000 and I did not take out a loan.
1: Right. I think, you know, it's kind of building up to get to that point. You know, mm-hmm. you made such a good point. When I opened up my salon, I was very cautious about how much money I was spending. And then when I moved into the, the other location, because I was in a very small, maybe six 700 square foot spot and then moved into a 1600 square foot spot. During the recession, during the time I was actually growth, I took that leap of faith to move into a bigger spot with a higher rent. And I wasn't spending money on getting new chairs and getting new things at all. I just wanted to make sure that we could have a space where we can actually grow and attract new business. So then after probably year six, seven, eight was when I started to really invest in the decor, where I actually could spend money on lighting and spend money on getting brand new chairs and brand new stations and all of those things and it was nice to be able to do that and not feel because I was always in debt. I was always in debt for years and years and years. I was in debt. So to not be in debt and have to buy those things like not being in debt was really celebratory. So I'm, I'm really glad that you're bringing that up because there is a sense of like empowerment in that. And so, yeah, I think it's start small. And if, the, if I could give like the biggest piece of advice, like the biggest, biggest piece of are thinking about going out on your own. If you're thinking about opening a salon, make sure that you can run the business on your own. You can cover all of your business expenses. You can cover your rent. You can cover the the everything without having to bring on stylists to support that expense side of it. You should always be able to cover all of the bills and keep the doors open just you, as opposed to going in really big and getting whatever, 10, 15 chairs And then strapping yourself with a six, seven, eight, nine, $10,000 rent. And now you have to rely on other people to cover your bills. So that's always the biggest piece of advice that I give people when they're like, I want to open a salon. I'm like, yay, let's run the numbers and make sure that you can do this on your own. Because if Kelly and Karen and Monica quit, you got to make sure that you can run this business and pay for it by yourself. So that's my tip that I'm going to leave everybody with. I love that. I love it.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming. Yes. Yes. Thank you for inviting me. I love this. Let's do it more often. Yeah. Well, you just I mean, I know I'm an hour ahead of you, right? Your Pacific time. Yep. Day mornings, 8 a.m., 7 a.m. for you. But we We went a little bit later, so this is good. But yeah, let's have (laughs) I think we need to talk about this more. Some advice applies for getting a suite. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I would say like and there's it's so rewarding to like know Mm -hmm. that you paid for it. Yeah. And, And it's not. Yeah, I don't I really don't think. If, if you're, I think first, like going into a swan suite, and I mean, I know this is a blanket statement, but I don't think there's any need to go get a loan for going into a salon suite. Could you Would you say that? Yeah, because typically, I mean, it could
1: vary, but typically yeah. it's five to 10 grand to really get in there, like opening orders, do all mm-hmm. the things. You know, if you want to swap out a chair or if you want to pee or put up wallpaper, whatever you want to do, usually it's five to 10 grand. And I think that it's so much more beneficial to not going to business with debt.
0: Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure.
1: Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming. Line.
0: Thank you. Yes. 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 And just know that you guys, if you suck at one part of your business, especially when it comes to money, you didn't get into business to be a money person. So don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. Nina and I are here to help you. We've had our own struggles. Yes. yes, and we'll be coming live more often. So feel free to reach out to either of us. Shoot us a DM if you've got questions. Yes, for sure. We're definitely going to be answering more questions more again because I think we both decided we will go live. And this business breakfast in Benhead is weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. It's 9:15. This is the longest one I've probably ever done. You can catch them on YouTube. I'm gonna have to figure out a way to like get when I have someone live on Instagram. Get them on YouTube as well, or you can listen to these episodes on the Anxious Creative Podcast 24 hours after they go live here. So thank you guys. Have an awesome day. Thank you. Bye. Have a good one. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast and Business Breakfast and bed. Like I said, I would love for you to join me live on Instagram every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. And get your questions answered directly from me. It's so fun and it's super cash and I'm always in my bedhead, usually in my PJs and we have the best time. And if you enjoyed this episode, Let's spread the love and share it with a friend, a coworker, or a family member. Make sure to like and subscribe to get this out to more people. And if you didn't know, I have monthly contests and all you got to do to win some awesome prizes and merch. And who knows? I think the the prizes are going to get better as we go. Just leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast. That's a huge help for me. And I want to be able to honor you and reward you by putting your name into the contest. The winner is announced the first Monday of every month. And I'm so excited because I hope you win next. So go leave a review wherever you're listening to this and until the next episode, stay weird friend.